Okay, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, uh, get to learn about other cultures and all that good stuff. Um, I, I just came off like 40 minutes listening to my guest today because she's an artist. Uh, so we have a lot to talk about her music. She really has like really great and inspiring music. And obviously we'll get to talk about that over the course of the interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Marissa Nicole. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Most definitely, most definitely. And, you know, just before we started recording, I was talking to you about how I wished your name was Marissa Nicole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because of the way it's spelled, so your last name is actually spelled N-I-K-O-L-E, and I thought it was Nicole before I actually, you know, got to like interact with you. I think it's cool that you thought it was spelled like that. So I'm, I'm curious to know how many other people thought the same thing. Yeah, and it's such an interesting name, especially as an artist. Maybe you might consider like, you know, not changing it, but just you know, changing the pronunciation or something. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to mess with your, you know, uh, family history or anything. But it sounds pretty cool as Nicole. <laughs> That would be the easiest thing to do is the pronunciation. No one would know. They're just, they would, they would believe me. Yep. 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 (laughs) So how are you doing so far uh, during this quarantine? I mean, life of an artist, I guess right now your creative juices are flowing, but it must suck that maybe you can't perform or do other things you're used to doing. Well, what's, what's life for you right now? Yeah, I would say it's, that's it. Exactly. you can obviously be still be creative, but it's on a different level than normal. I'm not able to, it's weird not being able to go out in public and perform and just play mm. shows. Um, how how I, much do artists need that though? I'm sorry to cut you short, but I'm, I'm just curious. How much do artists need that, um, well, I call it like feedback, like from the way they're going there to perform, maybe testing out songs. Is that a better way to refine your sound and your music or you should be like, look inward and be in your feelings and, you know, create like that or it depends on the song, maybe. I don't know. I think it's both. And mm. it really depends on the artist as well. For me personally, as an artist, I I go out and I like to perform in public because a lot of people might not have heard of my music or they've heard of me, but they haven't, you know, taken a look. They don't really know who I am. Uh, So it's just good for um, PR just to get yourself out there. And I don't just perform in Colorado. I perform outside of the state too, in different states and, and travel like that. And it's been a while just because of this whole COVID thing is making it worse. But yeah, it's, for me, it's a great way to just put yourself out there and get out there and the internet and platforms on the internet, music platforms, they're great. Utilize them, um, put yourself out there on those as well. But as a whole, I feel like an an artist needs to not only utilize those platforms online, but also uh, it's about connecting with the audience and with people. And if your songs, you know, you're, you're a songwriter, so those songs are a part of you. So you're going to connect with those people in person. Definitely, definitely. Okay, okay. I mean, it'll be interesting getting to know you. I mean, we'll peel back the layers and get to know, you know, Marissa as a girl, because obviously uh, music, before we, you know, get into how you started getting interested in music and all that stuff, talk to me about growing up. From what I understand, you were born in Ohio, correct? Yes, I was born in Toledo, Ohio, and I grew up there for the first eight years of my life. And then mm. I, uh, me and my family moved to Redding, California, and I was there for years. And I, I basically grew up in California and was, I, I consider growing up in California. And, mm. um, and then I came to Colorado in 2013. So I've been here since 2013. Oh, so that means all through you've been like, kind of like, 
West Coast, middle belt, kind of. You haven't like lived on the East Coast before. Yeah, I mean, I was a little, you're still a little kid at eight years old. So I don't consider that actually yeah, <laughs> living yeah. there. I have memories still, but it's not, it's not as substantial as California. Okay, okay. So talk to me about growing up in California. What, what were some of the things you remember growing up? Obviously, California and Colorado has totally different weathers, but um, <laughs> what was it like for you growing up in Redding? Like, what kinds of things did you do uh, as a kid, as a natural kid? Did you, like, go out ride your bikes? Did you go, like, apple picking? What, what were some of the things you did that you I, I love that you mentioned the apple picking because I have a really <laughs> cool memory. So when I was yeah. about nine, um, me, and I don't think I've ever had anyone mention Randy and things like that. So I've never spoken about this memory, but me, my brother, I have a younger brother. He's about three and a half years younger than me. Um, My mom, my dad, and my grandparents, every year we would go and pick peaches on the peach farm. So it was super cool. And it was, it's actually one of my favorite memories because, um, you know, I was super close to my grandparents growing up, probably more so than my, uh, my parents. So it allowed us when we go out to do family things like that, I just really bonded well with mm. and closely with my grandparents. And those are some of my favorite memories. So I'm glad you said that. Um, and then, you know, I was a really active kid growing up. I was always outside. I actually hated staying staying inside or being stuck inside. Oh, that's why um, I'm missing the performances, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I kind of, there's a part of me that's kind of a gypsy at heart because I like traveling and I like doing things and I don't like to be stuck somewhere. Oh, yeah, on the and, right podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? So there was actually one point in life where I contemplated selling all of my things and buying an, a mobile RV and just traveling because that's oh, what I wanted to do. Really? That would yeah. have made for a good album. That would have made for <laughs> very good yeah. songs. <laughs> I feel like I was born for that, to be honest, just traveling and just being somewhere, doing something all the time. I feel my spirit soars when I travel and do those kind of things. And I think that's why music suits me very well, because I'm able to do that and express myself in that way. Plus, I'm also sentimental and emotional. So <laughs> it goes hand in hand, writing songs and performing and, you know, all of that I mean, performer. That, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And obviously, <laughs> you're in the right city for just picking up and going, because I think half the people who live in this freaking state of Colorado are like gypsies at heart. <laughs> you know, everyone can just like, you know what, fuck it, I'm moving. You know? <laughs> At any point in time. But, but yes. You know. But <laughs> I yeah, I, I had to mention apple picking because th- that's one of the first things like I, 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 I've lived in the U.S. for what, like three years now or something like just under three years. And, you know, a couple of friends, when you mentioned California, that's why they say, oh, you know, they can remember going apple picking and, you know, yeah. and bird watching and things like that. And where I come from, like I'm Nigerian. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like. <laughs> Apple picking, like, wait, wait, let me get this. You didn't get to experience those kind of things. My mind automatically went to, okay, you know what? Someone couldn't pay their workers. I just thought of a brilliant way to make his customers just pick the apples. (laughs) (laughs) You can make money doing it too. Well, it depends. If you have land, you could start your own apple farm and then you don't have to, you can get people to pick it for you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I guess. No, but it's it's something I want to like experience. Apparently it's very like soothing. Like I've lived in Colorado for many months and I haven't been to the mountains years that's something I also want to do like just go up there like listen to a bunch of podcasts just escape for like a week yeah you gotta go the mountains here are pretty I will say that is one the one of the big differences I've noticed coming from California to Colorado is I in California I could drive 30 minutes outside of the city and be in the middle of nowhere with no not a soul in sight how much time do you spend in traffic though 
traffic. I mean, and Redding, California is actually a smaller city. So it's actually, it's grown. I know that since I, since I've been back, it's grown a lot. But when I was there, it was like a half hour away from the city and you could just be in the mountains or up in the woods and not run into anyone. And I missed that because in Colorado, you can't do that. And that was a big deal for me because when I go hiking, um, that's my escape, really. That's one of the things I do to kind of just escape and just soothe and ease my mind from, you know, everyday today worries. But um, I always run into someone in Colorado when I'm trying to get out. And it doesn't matter how far you go. You could drive, you could drive an hour, you can drive four hours. You're still going to run into someone eventually. I mean, you're a musician. So obviously, uh, uh, what's the weirdest like approach of going from like a fan or something like, hey, I saw you play at XXX. <laughs> I've heard your song, you know, can I take a selfie or can you use, have you gotten to the sign on my arm and I'll get that tattoo stage yet? <laughs> oh, that's so, coming. <laughs> so I've signed, I've signed body parts before. Oh, body really? Arms and, and mostly arms. <laughs> okay, say. mostly arms. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's nothing a, rounded, that's- nothing. Nothing too crazy. Okay, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because I actually went, this is uh, maybe a few years ago, I remember. This is probably one of my favorite memories is why I remember so well. But I went to, are you familiar with the 16th Street Mall area in downtown? I am, yes, I am. Okay, cool. So it's a cool spot because um, they have, I don't know if they still do, they I, I think they cover them up or, or take them away when the weather gets bad. But during the summer, the, nice the weather. The chairs they in have, the middle and all that? Yeah, they have the the um, the grand pianos or the baby grands. It just depends on what you know which part they they line them up though. Oh, really? And it's all lined up down 16th Street because you can't drive down there and they have it all blocked off. So they're able to do that. And it's it's a really cool uh, vibe in that area. And then you have you know all of your little shops. But one day, me and a friend actually, I, I was playing a show at this place called Jazz at Jacks, and they play. It started a little later, so I finished about maybe nine or 10 and me and a friend, um, were walking in down Wait, nine or 10 AM or PM. PM. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Nigerians listening to this episode. I'm like, what? That's when show starts <laughs> back. <laughs> like, but I'm just kidding. Like <laughs> timing is a thing with Nigerian concerts, but that's besides the point. Go on. Yes. 10 p.m. to clarify. All right, all right. <laughs> so around that time, and we were walking, and it's still lively because it was a Saturday, and it was this place called Jazz at Jacks. And we get done, I get done at Jazz at Jacks, and we walk down the stairs, and I still have my instrument on my back, and I'm walking down, and we're just kind of exploring. It's a new area that I hadn't quite been in yet, and there are a bunch of little shops, so we just kind of wanted to wander around and and look at those shops and see what was going on, what they were. And then we ran into this security guard uh, at the at the mall there. And he looks at me and he says, he starts asking me music questions. Oh. And normally, on a normal occasion, it wouldn't be a big deal, right? But then he said, I know who you are. <laughs> and I went, what? Got <laughs> <laughs> off guard a little bit. And he goes, I know who you are. And I said, what, what do you mean? Are, are, are you like stalking me? <laughs> Oh, you forgot you were a musician? <laughs> like, I'm like, were you following us down the street? Did you see, like, I don't know what's going on here. He goes, no, it's funny. I, I um, no, you are because of my wife. My mm. wife actually found your music on Spotify and she loves your music and she listens to your music all the time. And that's how I know who you are. You're Marissa Nicole, right? And I was like, oh, Nicole. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
still pending. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was a really cool moment. So then the best thing that came out of it was we just started chit-chatting with each other. And um, one thing led to another and he was playing my guitar and we, and I was singing and like my friend was harmonizing and we started like this little trio in the middle of 16th street mall strip. Wow. Wow. It was great. It was it was a really fun time. <laughs> oh, that must be amazing. And that's something I need to learn about how to interact. I haven't really had a fan moment because most of the episodes I put up are audio. Um, I, I really need to work on my YouTube page. So maybe a couple of people don't really know who I am. Except right. maybe people following me on social media and whatnot. I've only had one person like reach out to me from absolutely nowhere. I'm like, oh, you're no sound like other than you. That's know? awesome. Like he wanted my number. I was like, uh... <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Now, I have to make but, sure you're not a crazy yeah. stalker first. <laughs> but at that moment, like I, I, I think I needed like some media training because I didn't know what to do. Like you know, some yeah. some celebrities are like prepared. Oh, oh, what's your name? Where you're from? Oh, what's your favorite song in the album? You know that kind of thing. But I, I didn't know what the heck to do. I'm like, okay, you listen to. Podcast, I can't imagine right. being Beyonce on that level. Oh no! Level like Beyonce was prepped since she was like 13. So honestly. yeah. It, I mean, because you have, that was like, I, I mean, I have cool moments like that, but obviously I'm not Beyonce, so I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near as famous as she is. Hopefully, well, Beyonce just needs to like wave or blows you a kiss or something in the perfect face. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the queen needs to do. I can't imagine like what they go through though on that large of a scale. I, they have, you know, you'd have to have security guards and I would be, I don't know, I would almost be nervous to go outside of my home your home i mean you know um i mean i was listening to 50 cents on ig live and he was like everyone wants success but no one you know comprehends what comes with success you know so i guess just part of the territory but you know uh, Marissa makes very, very cool music. Like I said, I spent like, you know, 40, 45 minutes just listening to her songs before the episode to get myself in the mood. Uh, I guess I'll classify your sound or your genre as like pop rock, country yeah. kind of sound. Is that correct? It is. The funny thing is I actually started out as an indie rock artist and then I have a few country singles out there, a few country songs. Um, but now I would say I'm kind of morphing again because that's the journey of a musician and, and a singer-songwriter mm. in general. You're always ever-changing, so uh, your music changes with you. And I am more of kind of like a soul pop feel now. The soul, soul pop, pop. vibe. Huh. Yeah, so I'm actually I'm excited because I the pop, just a pure pop genre for me is, is new territory. So I am getting ready to go back into the studio probably towards more towards the end of this year. I just want to, mm. you know, wait it out with COVID and just um, I've got a, a few other projects I'm working on. And then um, when I get back into the studio, though, I'm going back to record my first electro pop album. Really? Yes. So I'm super excited about that because I haven't done electro pop yet. I have pop elements in my music, but not electro pop, like straight electro pop. So I've got about seven or eight songs I'm going to put on this electro pop album. After that album, this is kind of like my um, timeline here. After this electro pop album, I have about seven or eight more songs Mm. in addition to create a soul pop album. And I'm super excited about that because it's um, the first one of the songs that I've written, one of one out of the eight songs that I've written for the Soul Pop album, I wrote in 2016. So it's a journey, and it's definitely a process recording music. And it, it you just put 
blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it can sometimes be a lengthy process when you're doing that. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, I know nothing about, you know, I, obviously I tried to be a rapper when I was a teenager. I also tried my hands on comedy, but those, did? Two, <laughs> those two didn't work out too well. Thank God it wasn't the internet <laughs> era, so no one can ever find that single. And my brother, I'm if you're like, listening I to this... I need to go research this right now. now. <laughs> if my brother is listening to this, he dare not upload it. Like, I'll deny, deny, deny. It doesn't even sound like me. <laughs> But that's the point. But it'll be interesting to sit in on, you know, a few of those sessions uh, just to see how your recording process. So, you know, if you want to invite us to one of those sessions, you know, later in yeah. the year as a podcast, you know, it'd be interesting to like, I would love to, to. Like, I record you recording your songs, that kind of thing. Yeah, that would but, be yeah. fun. <laughs> and, you know, the vibe you gave me when I listened to your songs, you kind of like gave me like this early... Early Taylor Swift, Nelly <laughs> Furtado, Christina Aguilera, okay. 90s grunge Seattle mesh. Okay. Kind of so I, I don't know what that is, what genre that is, I just mentioned. <laughs> but if, if you can remember, you know, songs like, you know, Beautiful by Christina Aguilera mixed with yeah. like, uh, what's it? Is it Drew or, or Teardrops on My Guitar, Taylor oh, uh-huh. Swift? Uh, like a bird, Nelly Furtado, and with like Kurt Cobain, RIP, with like that whole 90s grunge. Okay, like a 90s going. vibe. Like okay. Everything, like, it's so emotional. And you said to yourself that you're very emotional and you're, you know, sentimental towards this thing. What's your process like in like writing music? Like, how does it come up? Like, must there be a feeling or like you see something or hear something you like and you like use that inspiration? What's your typical process like? I would say in general, all of the above, but more so often, it, it's based on how I feel. And 99% of my songs are about someone in my life. So it's funny oh, that wow. you say, it's like <laughs> the whole, you said it's a whole 90s vibe, but also those a lot of those artists that you mentioned are very like, singer-songwriter-esque too. So it makes perfect sense, you know, because if you're writing from um, a perspective of your own life and people in your life, it's going to exude that vibe. Facts, so, facts. And, and yeah, you, know, me, you, you do I, a lot. Like you sing, you, you you write your songs and you you play a couple of instruments. You play the guitar, I know that. Yeah. But do you play any other instruments? I do. I play keys. I, I would say keys is, pro- is more of my second or third instrument. <laughs> my okay. first instrument is guitar. So I'm most, that meaning I'm most comfortable playing on guitar first and then keys after that. But then I, you know, I kind of dabble on things. So um, guitar first, keys second. I have a ukulele. I have a bass oh, and do. I feel like the stringed instruments, if you can play guitar, you can e- easily translate, translate that to like a bass. So I have a bass as well. Nice. And I, you're a few years ago, I actually bought um, a, an electronic drum kit and I was kind of, I started playing drums. So it's been a while, it's been a minute, but I, I don't play drums anymore, but I used to. And I actually um, just recently, probably last year sometime, um, gave my friend JT, my drum kit, because he Justin actually- Timberlake or someone else? Okay, okay. I mean, you're like me. I mean, I play multiple instruments, so I mean, I whistle, I hum, mm, I do a lot of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. That was, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> but, but you talked about, you know, a lot of your music, and I, I noticed this too, uh, being, you know, really emotional and, you know, you having to feel something and writing about people in your life. So talk to me about the song Old Charleston. Like that was a song that like hit me right off the bat. Like when I heard when I heard that, like, wow, like what the hell? She talking about the town in South Carolina. She's talking about a person. Like, spill it, spill it, spill it, Marissa. What where are you talking about? I just love how I love that that was the song. Uh, because I have a lot to say about that. And I'm gonna be honest. Um, I there's a, a really intimate 
backstory to this song anyway. So the idea, okay, so I kind of fell from one of my music producers. <laughs> kinda? No, kinda. I okay. mean, I really fell for him. Like I, I was in love with him. And I will- wait, 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 slow down now, slow down now. How did it happen? <laughs> like you guys were working together every day and just interacting and, you know, you just loved the way he pressed the buttons on the control of <laughs> boards and, you know, you fell for him that way. <laughs> How they happen? <laughs> like, so it's a, up onto it. I've known him. I've known him since 2012. So it's been a while. It's over time, you know. And it started out as you know a very like business producer musician relationship, and then we became friends. And it and then after that, I mean nothing. Nothing happened between us. It, it's just that fine that fine line that you just don't cross, you know, when you're working with someone. But um, I. I mean, I could just speak for myself because I really, I, I know my story and I know my side. I can't, I can't speak for him, just for me. Okay. But for me, from the way I see it, my perspective, I, I fell for him and I was in love with him. And here's the thing. He's a great person. I, it had nothing to do with the whole music thing. Although working on music in general with someone that closely is very, it's a very intimate thing because you are sharing a part of your soul and this person has to come in and like basically lay down a foundation for you to tell your soul story. So it's a big deal. Um, but for me, I just, I got to know him more as a person and I really just like, and I just love him as a person, you know, and I will probably always love him. It'll be like that kind of relationship, you know, I'll always care for him and we don't really talk anymore. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out or how, if we're, we can even still be friends after that, but there's no hard well, feelings. Did something happen? Was it like a bad breakup kind of thing? Um, I mean, we weren't, we were just, we were always friends. So it was never really a breakup breakup, you know, but yeah, I mean, a friend breakup, I don't know. I, well, we, so we mm. both, it was, it was just, it's kind of a weird dynamic, you know? So, so he didn't like reciprocate not. your feelings kind of thing. And I, I'm sorry to be, you know, so direct. Like, no, you're fine. Like, talk like my heart is made of stone, but uh, <laughs> what's, what's the best way I can say? If I can assume, like, obviously, you know, producing music together, just liking him as a person, you had these feelings towards him. Did you ever get the opportunity to, like, make those feelings known to him? Did you tell him? That's why, uh, yes, I did, actually. Okay, how, how did you tell him? I wrote him a letter. I wrote him, it was Jesus, like, really? <laughs> like a I love email letter. Wait, an email? <laughs> it was an email, yeah. But um, it was a very long email, and I told him everything because I... What was in that email? How did it start? Oh, my gosh. Was it, it Old Charleston? How did it start? What's his name? <laughs> well, this is why, because O Charleston is about him. So he doesn't go by his real name. He goes by his middle name. So Which when is? I was writing O Charleston, I'm going to go back to this point, too, because this is where it stemmed from. Okay. Um, when I was writing O Charleston, I... I was able to pick, a, you know, oh, Charleston, the city. Mm. I wanted people to think it was about Charleston as I started writing it. But then as you get deeper into the story and if you're listening to the lyrics, you realize, oh, shit, this is actually, I think this is about mm -hmm. a person instead mm -hmm. of Charleston. Because mm -hmm. I was like, this can't be a city yeah, in the it's South. Very, this is uh, if it yes. <laughs> It's very metaphorical. I use so many metaphors and it's, it's about him. That's why is because I, the whole... The name of it is his. Fuck, I don't know if I should say this. Just say, just I, it, don't I, worry. He won't get to listen to this podcast. I'll, blo I'll block him from ever accessing this. Just give me his Instagram, his Twitter, and okay, all that stuff. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. 
So the name of the song is actually his real name, his first name. So that's how I kind of I'm like, oh, I'm going to start writing this about, you know, quote unquote, Charleston, South Carolina. But yeah, it's I kind of spun it off of that. And that's how it ended up. But wait, talk to me about the specifics of the email, though. Like, what, what were some of the contents of the email? Like, what did you let him know exactly? So the, e- <laughs> the email... Um, you know, I was very nice. I wanted to be o- open and honest and I did not want to, cause we have a lot of history. We fought a lot in the past. We were, it was hard to kind of, um, he's very logical and I'm very emotional. So just oh, the I've been there. Yeah. Yes. It's a, it's a very big contrast and just, um, meeting, like we both wanted to be in each other's life equally, but just finding the common ground to meet each other in the middle, just because I'm from one spectrum and he, you know, and he's from the complete opposite spectrum outside of the spectrum. So it was hard for us to kind of, we fought a lot because of that, you know, because I, my feelings would get hurt and he, he's like, Oh, I didn't mean it like that. You know, and it it takes a lot of communication and a lot of work to make any kind of relationship work, even if it's just a friendship or whatever that might be. But, um, in the email, I, I kind of just put things in the past. I didn't want to bring up any of our bad memories. I wanted to remember I want to remember him like as I loved him as a person, you know, just everything I I ever loved about him and just have good memories going out no matter how this ended. Oh wait, um, so this was a breakup email? Yeah. Oh wow. Kind of yeah, cuz I I it got to a point where he kind of I was reaching out and he stopped talking to me. Wait, and, so it affected your professional relationship as well? Yeah, I would say. I mean, yes and no because it was my, it's my, so I want to go back and record music with him, but on a business level. And I don't, I don't think, so in the email, as you asked me before, that's kind of what I led with is I started out with, I'm coming back sometime this year, you know, sometime this year, probably at the end of this year to record music. But you know, things are not like they used to be. You're not who you used to be. Mm. And that's fine. It's just that I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's taking an emotional toll out on me. And I, I just feel like it's probably best if we just aren't friends in general. Wow. Wow. That must be uh, you saying that I can imagine that came from like a a place of pain, but you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, that, that helps you, um, you know, know what you want in the future and, you know, the things to look out for, like in a partner. I mean, I know nothing about love, but you know. <laughs> you know, it was nice because it was very cathartic. Like as I was writing the email, I was crying. I, I was bawling wow. as I was writing the email. And it took me about um, two weeks to kind of, because I had to, it was so emotional for me. I had to stop writing the email and then wait a few days to kind of gather my thoughts and gather my sanity again and then yeah. go back to it because I couldn't finish it all at once. It was so emotional for and me. It, and it all came out in the song because I felt it. Like yeah. I felt that song. I was like, wow. Like I listened to it like, 13 times I'm like <laughs> I love that. That. and obviously like people who are listening to this obviously go straight to Spotify and stream that song but did that song um I know old Charleston wasn't in your city of love like EP or was like the city of love like your project was it like a continuation of some of these emotions that you felt from people who are like personal to you and you just wanted to put that because you have songs like warrior in there was that yeah. like something about surviving like a, a breakup or like some turmoil you went through in your yep. life uh, talk to me about the EP City of Love. So City of Love, and actually, O Charleston is a part of City of Love. Oh, it is. Yes, it's the. I believe it's the third, the third track on there. But um, City of Love for me was super important, and even coming down to the name for of the EP for me is important because. Um, 
well, it's, I guess it's technically an album because it's 12 songs, so not an EP. <laughs> Just thinking out loud here, I'm like, yeah, that was an al- that was my first full length album. So it was super exciting. But um, so City of Love was really when I started the album, I the cover anyway, that's actually selfie, by the way, if you remember the cover. It's a selfie that I took in my car. Yes. And I was a platinum blonde at the time. So I looked probably a lot different. It was about grace. It was grayscale though. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I turned it black and white, but, um, it, it's really city love itself for me is all about loving myself, kind of like Mm. growing from, um, that place of pain that I kind of harbored for so long and kind of breaking out of that pain for me and into a place that I call like my city of love, my own city of love. Mm. So the songs on there, it's a mix of just different emotions and everything. But for me, it's kind of going through the motions and then um, coming out on the other end. Like for example, Warrior um, is the one of the beginning tracks on the album. And it's about, you know, like you said, going through some turmoil with a, a friend that kind of felt like backstabbed me pretty bad at one point in time. But then, you know, you go from warrior to a track of mine, like no apologies, which is about peace and love and like changing the world and like being a better person and in order to help the world be a better place, basically. So um, I wanted those extremes to be on City of Love in general. So you get a little bit of everything, but it's really, if you listen to the whole album, it's telling a story, you know, of a story coming from like, you know, anywhere from like pain to like growth, to love, to sorrow, regret, hope, all of those things. Wow. Pretty, pretty interesting. Like now that you talk about it, me having listened to the music, like kind of those things in perspective. Cool. Oh yeah. Cool. I mean, you talked about besides, you know, the songs about love and maybe relationship, you, you talked about, you know, other things you wrote about in the album and that kind of parlays into what you're doing on the nonprofit front. Cause I think you work with an organization called team Rubicon. Yes. Um, what exactly do you do for that organization? What's that organization known for? And why was that important for you to, why it's important for you to participate in whatever it is you're doing? I feel like it's important if you have the capability of making the world a better place, you should do that because we need more of that and not enough people step up to do that. So that's why it's important for me to do that. And I've always just liked helping people in general. I feel better when I'm giving back to the community. I would much rather do that than receive anything from anyone. And I've always been like that, even as a kid growing up. That's as a, gyp- as a gypsy lifestyle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to tie that in with the whole gypsy heart traveling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's been it's been great so far, and it's also it also gives you the opportunity to kind of build these friendships and camaraderie with the people that you're working so close to every day when you're you know out there in the community and giving back. Mm. So what what is it exactly that Team Rubicon does? Uh, just for perspective of people who are listening. Yes, so um, they it's a it's a nonprofit organization, and it is solely this. Its sole purpose is um, disaster relief. So mm. everyone that's involved in the organization 
is out there on the front lines um, helping with disaster relief whenever like a hurricane or tornado strike, like we're there doing what we can to help. Got it. Got it. Okay. I mean, everyone kind of like needs some relief right now. Yes. Um, I mean, the COVID too. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what we're there for as well. Yeah. But, you know, talking about the cultural aspect and, you know, just staying to theme. Um, I mean, this is a podcast about, you know, cultures and people from all different backgrounds. I noticed that you have like an, is that Arabic? Like on your left arm, like it a is. tattoo on your left arm. <laughs> and don't ask me how I know that. Like, don't ask me what I was doing on your Facebook about <laughs> trying to go through all those pictures. I was researching content for the episode. In case okay. You <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> Let's put it like that. But what what, what does that mean? Because I'm always interested in, you know, culture, other cultures, people interacting with other cultures and the, the story there. How, how did you get it? Uh, what does it mean? And why is that important? So last year I got this tattoo and it, it's meaningful for me. It is in Arabic. And actually I wanted it to be in Hebrew originally because it would have been more meaningful. But I have to be honest, Hebrew script does not look good, as good as Arabic. So I decided on Arabic, but it's Second Corinthians 1210 and it's it's scripture and it's um, for when I am weak, he is strong. Oh, wow. So you're a woman of faith as well. Um, I am. Do you like, do you have that whole history of like playing like in the church or like at Christian? and gatherings and things like that? I do. Not so church for me was difficult as a child because my parents, I I grew up as a Christian, although my parents never went to church on every Sunday. So we would go every once in a while. So it wasn't, um, and it, it wasn't something that was a big part of my life growing up, but I have always been Christian. I've always been called to my faith and religion, that religion in general. But um, just these past few years, I actually found a church called um, Cross Culture Church. And they're oh, in I know that. Ranch. I think that's not far away from where I live. I mean, I live in Glen. I mean, not to say where I live on the podcast. I live in Glendale. Like, they don't know where my okay. apartment building is. But I think that's, no, that's like on... It's it's out close to the airport in that area. So it's technically... Oh, no, that's far away. It is far. It's pretty far. And um, it's technically in Denver. I call it Green Valley Ranch because it's it's basically like right there in Green Valley Ranch. Well, maybe, but- maybe there are multiple, um, should, should I say branches or, or things? Or is it just one big church? Because just one. And it's actually, we're growing a lot, which is great. Um, but it's, it's a smaller church. So it's not anything like thousands of people. It's maybe like um, a few hundred, you know, thing. Um, it's, it's a pretty small church, but I, it's, it, it's, it means a lot to me because it's the first church that I found in a very long time that I felt like was home and that I connected to. And that for me was the reason why I didn't really go to church every Sunday because I was still searching for that one that felt like home. And I feel like I found it with this place. And it's nice because I came in, um, I, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine brought me in. And then I um, eventually, they these these people I went to church with be, eventually became my family. So I feel like they're my family, even though we're not blood related. But um, about a year in, I um, was asked to join the... Um, our worship team and sing on our worship team. So I did that for a long time. And then I was called to children's ministry in the church. So I taught a K to fifth children's ministry as well as, as um, singing on the worship. Team. You talked about worship team. So let me just do this Nigerian plug real, real quick. Do you know the song Waymaker by Sinatch? No. No? Oh, I no. My, I bet you my friend EB does though, because he's <laughs> from Ghana. Yeah, I mean, she just, I think she just hit like number one on Billboard song writers. Okay. I mean, she has like 150 million views on YouTube. And okay. Like, I should the, know. 
in the whole Christian uh, Christian uh, song uh, genre, like gospel genre, I think she's like she has a couple of songs up there, uh, and she's Nigerian. So that's just a shameless plug, but uh, that's besides the point. Have to look her up. Okay, so you like crafted the stuff on your hand, and like in Arabic. How often do you get inspiration from other cultures? I mean, you hear stories like uh, people like Timberland, the Pussycat Dolls, Justin Timberlake, people like reaching out, going to like India. Some people, Kanye West, obviously goes to Wyoming and does whatever he does over there. Like, do you reach out? Do you like listen to songs or absorb art like from around the world and kind of like feed that into your music in a sense? Is that something you do at all? You know, I have to be honest. I... That's I probably do that the least. And I probably should. I am not as cultured as I would like to be. And I'm just being completely real here. But um, so kind of my backstory was I was kind of a sheltered little kid. And I grew up in a, um, a, a difficult home with, you know, my parents. And so I really wasn't introduced to that kind of environment or open-mindedness growing up. And I feel like maybe, you know, it would have been, life would have been different if I would have been. But at the same time, like I am my own person now. I've grown from that. I don't hold my past for like as responsible for like who I am now anyway. So I have the capability to change that and be a different person. But you know, as far as music goes, I never really thought about that in general. Yeah, I mean, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's no, you know, pro proven, uh, proven like formula to like go at music. You know, if you write in word, that's fine. I was just curious about that based on, you know, the tattoo. I wanted to know if you know, there, there was something. Maybe I should introduce you to like Afrobeats or, or K-pop or something. Send, or, send, like, send it to me i would love to hear it i will say this though i um i did i'm, I'm still working i have a christian album that i haven't released fully yet mm-hmm. i'm still working on it it's only a three song ep but it's in the process i've struggled so hard just going through different producers trying to um finish this ep because the producer that i was working with actually moved to um southern california mm-hmm. so we never got to finish it but i'm still working on it and um i plan on releasing it hopefully um by Gosh, it's mid mid 2020. So I'd say either by the end of this year or beginning to mid next year. I want to take my time on it though because it's really important for me and I was super um super deci- decisive about who I wanted to work with mm. on the album itself. Because um for me like it's a Christian album so whoever I worked with I didn't want to be like agnostic or atheist or anything. I wanted them to share that same religious um aspect as I do. Who are some of you? What are who are some of the people you dream of working with like either performer with or collaborating with like across the world like living or dead like globally you're, you're uh, gonna laugh you're gonna laugh at me when i tell you okay what, <laughs> so it's vanilla funny because- ice how bad can it be <laughs> How bad can it be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you said okay. No, um, so uh, I grew up listening to the first albums that I ever had. Well, one was the Mariah Carey album. Um, the the other one was a No Doubt. No, do you know who No Doubt is? Gwen Stefani. Yes, yes. So, so, and then the Beatles. Out of those three, the I was obsessed with the Beatles growing up. And I feel like they had a big influence on my songwriting and just mm. the way I saw music as well. So I would love to actually collaborate with John Lennon and Paul McCartney, which is funny because oh, actually George Harrison is a good songwriter too. Oh, really? Is George Harrison, isn't he the drummer? He is, I believe so. Oh my gosh, I should, yes. Let's see. It, it was like uh, John Lennon, uh, George Harrison. I can't- 
my gosh. Yoko, well, oh no, oh, Yoko was a drummer. I'm just, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my gosh. I, I actually, you know, no one's ever going to let me live this down. <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, it's what what I I do. (laughs) right? Yes, thank you. No, he was actually a really great songwriter, too, and he he never um, really got the recognition that he deserved, I feel like. Have you ever heard While My Guitar Gently Weeps? No, no. You got to listen to that. He wrote that He wrote a few of them, but that's one of my favorites that he's written. Well, everyone kind of, like, respects John Lennon as a songwriter, though. Like, everyone knows him. That whole album, Sgt. Pepper or something. Yes, oh, my gosh. That whole album, like, was a John Lennon project, basically. I, so, I love that. I mean, I love all their music, but that was, it was a good album. There are some songs that people don't know because they're more, they're not, they weren't as mainstream as like Let It Be or, mm. you know, any of their other popular songs like that. Mm. But they're really great songs. If you just go through their old music too, you got to listen to While My Guitar Gently Weeps and tell me what you think about it. It's a okay. good song. But um, she came in through the bathroom window. Um, yeah, you, you you have to find them and listen to them. They're good songs. But okay. the Beatles, for sure. And I would say I like um, different artists for different things. For example, um, the artistry of the Beatles, for sure. But then I love Kelly Clarkson as a vocal. Mm. I don't know how much she writes, like how much of her own music that she writes, but I Seriously. look up to her as a vocalist. She is an amazing vocalist. And um, I would love to be able to sing with her on stage one of these days. It's on my bucket list. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but it's on my bucket list. <laughs> I mean, it would be interesting to hear a new Kelly Clarkson project. I mean, she, since she's been gone, see what I did there? Since she's been gone? I mean, <laughs> it would be nice to see her come back. Uh, but let me ask you this. I mean, growing up, and this is not to say like you're weird or anything, but this is a, a little unusual to have like a, a young teenager like listen to the Beatles. Like I bond with my dad over like, my dad heard me you know, listen to like some Marvin Gaye, but it wasn't actually Marvin Gaye. It was a sampled Marvin Gaye album. Okay. I think it was Let's Get It On or something. And okay. he was like, you remember that? I was like, wow. And he bonded over that. Like, do you ever find yourself like bonding with your parents? Because you talked about like the difficult relationship you had with your parents uh, yeah. based on the songs you listened to. And even though you were closer to your grandparents, like I'm not exactly sure uh, how you grew up, but little things like that, uh, the, you know, bits and pieces of good times you might have had or the couple of minutes or hours that you could remember what were any of them like over song or music at all yes so one of my very favorite best memories that I have is with my grandma and me and my grandma are probably the closest out of everyone in my family my grandma on my dad's side and when I was nine like I was pretty young um this lasted I mean obviously throughout my whole life but I remember when I was nine we would take you know trips I'd go with um like it could be anywhere small to like the grocery store we could be going on a road trip or something but me and my grandma in the car singing old 30s 20s songs Mm. and she would teach me these songs that she grew up with and that she liked we really just bonded through music in that way and those are the memories that I will never forget. Um, and then also my dad, he was actually a singer in an 80s hair band. <laughs> really? <laughs> this is how yeah, I pictures. got into music. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very interesting. But uh, yeah, 80s, so 80s hair music, that might surprise you too. I actually kind of dig 80s hair music because of that. So the first thing oh my, God. <laughs> my parents told me was that I learned how to sing before I could talk. And the first song that I ever learned how to sing was Pour Some Sugar On Me by Def Leppard. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I thought it would yeah. be like straight out of Compton or something. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm just saying you know, you're in California, so you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, thank you for you know taking out time to like talk to us, like letting us know you a little better. Uh, obviously, I'll have you know links to your Spotify playlist uh, in the show notes. So if you guys wanna click on it, go straight to old Charleston here. I'm sure that I hear Ghost. Ghost is pretty cool. <laughs> I love Warrior as well. Uh, you have a whole bunch of songs there. I see you like performing like major, major. What's your? Let me even ask you this. Like, what's your goal? Like, uh, and I know you know this might be a question. Um, I don't know how much thought you put into this, but what's your goal with music? Like, some people put it on their wall that hey, you know, I want to perform at the Grammys. Some people put it on the wall that hey, I want to do uh, sing on stage with the Beatles or you know, uh, or those people who are still alive in the Beatles. Thing. What's your goal, kind of like with music? Like, let's put it on tape so we can come back X number of years from now and say, oh yeah, she actually. Right. Said. I would love to have a world tour. Mm. I'd love to be able to get to that level to where I could be touring and have those kind of accomplishments under my belt, you know? It's just, for me, if that, even if that never happens, for me, just putting my music, my goal is always to put my music out there for the world to hear because I feel like I have something to say and I feel like what I have to say can really affect people in positive ways. And that's a huge deal. Are you doing all this independently or you're signed? I, I am. I mean, I have... I have music connections, but I am doing, I'm doing it by myself. So it's it's a lot of hard work and a lot goes into it more so than anyone knows. Yeah, you're doing like an amazing job. And like the idea of a world tour isn't far-fetched because I record a freaking podcast and the world tour for me isn't far-fetched because I know there are people listening like from Ireland, like Australia, like India. Like, so if I want to like go to all these cities, even if it's just 20 people who show up for recording, I can definitely get like a small crowd or something, uh, you know, in each of these cities with like the right promo how much you with your music and how much you with like the emotions that are coming for you from your music so i see you like doing that sometime very soon and Thank i'll be you. happy to you know play you back this portion of the episode and say hey you know we actually said this is pretty cool <laughs> so no, yes another another thing that i'm really um working hard on breaking into is um play m- like movie placements um tv film with my music and i actually i'm so my thing is it's been a struggle for me because I don't know if you know what shortlisted means, but when no. so when someone is my music has been shortlisted so many times, meaning that it's been pitched to you know different movies, different TV series, like really big networks, right? And I've always come in second place, never first. So it's always be, they pick you know out of hundreds and thousands of songs, they come down to like my song and another song, and I'm always runner. I'm never first. I'm always second. So it took me a while. To to kind of get to a place where I was okay, you know, not comparing myself with other people or not feeling like I was good enough because that's not what that meant. It just means that it didn't fit what they were looking for. And it hasn't, it, it does not have a reflection of who I am as an artist in general. So it took a while for me to get there, but I'm there now. Um, currently, as we speak, it's being pitched to a few Japanese commercials. So fingers crossed, I'm hoping someday um, that something's gonna, gonna pan out. <laughs> Yeah, now that might just start off your Japanese tour. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nina, what's her name? Nina Simone, uh, like the old 60s musician. Uh, you know, she had a lot of great songs. And I think she was like classically trained as a concert pianist or something. But like later on, like in the 80s, like 20 years later, when you know she was almost being forgotten, like her song was used in a Chanel commercial in France. And that kicked off a whole new set of tours in yeah. France. So uh, yeah, you never know. Maybe you get to collaborate with K-pop artists when you get to <laughs> Japan. <laughs> like you never know like K-pop artists like old Charleston on like a 
probably pretty cool. Was O was O Charleston one of your favorites? <laughs> Me, yeah. I mean, O Charleston is pretty cool. Warrior is pretty cool. Ghost is pretty cool. Those three, I think, okay. uh, are the top three for me. But nice. uh, obviously, um, especially for me, because, you know, it's difficult. I always used to say I, I guard my heart. My heart is like in a cage, so it's difficult for me to feel anything. So the fact that those songs even spoke to me at all is testament that a lot of people will obviously be feeling your song once they hear it. Like I see I like people that. like saving, awesome. your, saving you on your playlist, coming back to it. And the TV thing, trust me, it will happen. Um, the singer of, um, what's the, you play the ukulele. What's the song that was the most popular ukulele song um, somewhere over the rainbow I think yeah. yeah that whole thing like I think that was like his only hit or that's like his most known hit but that's been used in so many TV shows and whatever his estate is still getting publishing from it till date and you write your song so you obviously get publishing but it took him a while just like you to get to that point but once yeah. you click like that was that's when it usually it. happens too when you least expect and it's like 10 20 years down the line you're like oh my gosh I never ever thought this would happen yeah, yeah. And you know, in our own little way, I mean, I did discover you. We ne- we had never known each other before. That was just a testament of, you know, the music. Yeah. I was like, no, I have to get her, you know, for an interview. So maybe in our own little way, you know, putting our links out there, tweeting it, maybe someone can pick it up. And, you know, I really wish you the best in everything you're doing. You're doing such an amazing job. Uh, having you on the face of the earth is plus for, um, it's, 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 you bring value to this world. Let me just put it like that. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Do you want, is there anything else like we didn't talk about? Maybe a question i maybe like i didn't ask you that you like to talk about you like to like drop your social media handles you like to speak to your future self or talk to your fans i kind of like give you a couple of minutes to just do whatever yeah so i think we kind of touched up on you know the the future with my electro pop album and my soul pop album um i have a few singles that i'm actually sitting on so i'm always going to be releasing music but um i'm on facebook Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere that you can kind of find me on. You just Google Marissa Nicole, a.k.a. Nicole. Nicole, Nicole, man. Talk to me. (laughs) I will pop up in the search engine, but um, Facebook.com slash Marissa Nicole dot music. Instagram.com slash Marissa Nicole music. Twitter, my handle at Twitter is Marissa underscore Nicole. And then Nicole with a K, of course, M-A-R-I-S-A-N-I-K-O-L-E. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And we'll have, again, you know, we'll have links to her social media and her Spotify playlist. So if you guys want to like, you know, explore her music, feel free to do that. Follow us on Cultural Class Podcast everywhere uh, except Twitter. Twitter is Cultural Class Pod. Send us an email. Tell us what you thought about the episode. Tell us what your favorite music is. If you also listen to music from the 30s or maybe the 20s or the 10s, maybe. Uh, (laughs) let, Let me know what you think and uh, stay safe wash your hands be safe be indoors listen to Marissa and wait this out alright guys later <laughs>